Hi, friends. I'm Ashley Kramer. And I'm Brittany Labby. And this is More Than a Season podcast. With the help of men and women across all sports and levels, we dive deep into the highs and lows of the sports industry. No topic is off limits as we discuss the struggles and stereotypes while celebrating the successes and community that comes with this lifestyle. So whether you're a coaches or athlete significant other or just enjoy talking about sports, you are welcome here. Let's take a look beyond the season and get started with today's episode. Welcome back. Hey, everyone. This is Ashley and Brittany. And we're your hosts of More Than a Season podcast. If you're new here, welcome. We're happy to have you here. Yes, we are so excited to be back. We love recording episodes and just chatting about all the things. Uh, But we do want to just share what in the world does subscribe mean? Brittany and I were just chatting about it. And it actually means a lot to us if y'all would go and share and subscribe to our podcast. So just to kind of give you a little behind the scenes of what that means, what does that mean, Brittany? (laughs) That means that you will get a notification that we dropped a new episode. So if you subscribe to our podcast, it will alert you if you do notifications. If not, when you hop onto your podcast platform, it will show you that there's a new episode out. So We really appreciate it. It does really help us on the back end. It helps us get to new people. Also share with your friends, leave us a review, all the things to help continue to grow this community. Yeah. So if you're feeling like, man, I just really need some good karma in my jar today, like (laughs) this would be the thing to go to for us. Yeah. So we just wanted to kind of share that a little bit because even if you're new to the podcast world, it um, is something very, very simple. So please go do it. But we have had an eventful past week. We had our very first game. (laughs) Very first game. It was an eventful game. Yeah, I just, (laughs) Brittany and I always laugh. We're like, they literally like to take it down to the second. I guess it makes good TV reviews, you know? It almost gave me a heart attack, honestly. Like it was a, it was a game, some high highs and some low lows during that game. Yes. And uh, so we ring bells. Like if y'all don't know, um, Mississippi State is known for ringing these cowbells like during every single possible moment that we are allowed to ring a bell in these bells. I I have calluses on my right hand from ringing a bell all game. Yeah, it's like a shake weight. Yes. And <laughs> you then get like you a see, little workout. <laughs> you see your arm, you're like, oh man, <laughs> I'm going to be jacked on like only my right arm. <laughs> yeah. You took my bell at one point because you were trying to do like dual arms. I, I feel it. I did. I yeah. was like, it needs to be louder and better. Both, both <laughs> cowbells going at the same time. Yeah, it was fun though. I felt so good to be back and be back in full capacity. We've never experienced that here at Mississippi State. This is our second season. If you're new here, to the podcast we are at Mississippi State we are significant others coach football and so last year was our first year here and that was kind of a weird year so we don't really count that as a full experience so we got to really see what the stadium was all about how the fans are and it was so fun to be back yeah, it was really cool. And here, it's so funny. They always say, you know, everything is so big in the South. And I, I think it's funny, like the outfits, not saying the outfits are funny looking, but the outfits that the girls wear in college are completely different than what I wore. Mm-hmm. Like when I rolled up to the game, I was in like a football jersey and yes. like Nike shorts and cowboy boots or whatever. But here, it's like you don't really wear so much of like the game day gear it's more of colors I feel like everyone really dresses up like in the south everywhere that we've been to even last year too like 
the girls are in skirts or dresses or heels or wedges and I don't know. I just haven't gotten used to that yet. <laughs> yeah, Brittany and I dressed up last year when we went to Ole Miss. And I remember we dressed up like we wore boots and jeans. We were not breaking out. The, I remember it was cold, too. We it were not so breaking cold. out the dresses. <laughs> but there was girls walking into the stadium with, like, high-heeled boots on. Yeah. Like, big high heels. I was just like, man. Yeah, they really just bring out the style here. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Like, I feel very underdressed, but I just can't get behind that because I jump up and down and I'm like, are you a wooer? I don't think you're a wooer. Mm-mm. You go, yeah. You like, I, like scream. Yeah. I'm a wooer. I'm the woo girl yeah. the whole time. I mean, yeah. I'm a screamer. I like it like a yell, but. I don't know if you ever noticed this, but every time we score, you and I always like high five, but it's this. It's so funny because, like, everyone's ringing their cowbells, and then I'm wooing, and you're screaming, but we do this, like, sideways high-five thing. I wish y'all could see my motioning, but yes. Yes, we do. We like to (laughs) really cheer them on. (laughs) Another eventful thing this week. We had a fake account. Yeah. We are so thankful for all of you out there that let us know because, obviously, we would not have known. They blocked us, so we wouldn't have even known that someone was trying to impersonate us. Uh, yeah. Someone mentioned to us a follower. She's like, I guess you made it big because you have a fake account. <laughs> you have a like, fake account. I know. And it's just so funny because it, it's like private. So you'd have to follow them back. And yeah, yeah we are not. We're always open. Yeah. Open, not you private. follow us, unfollow us, <laughs> follow us again. <laughs> just bounce back and forth. That's totally fine. It was cool, though. Like when we were walking to the game, mm-hmm. there was a sweet girl. I don't want to mention her name if she doesn't want us to, but she was walking beside us and Brittany and I were actually in a very intense conversation (laughs) I won't even share but we were just walking and talking and she's like are y'all from more than a season podcast (laughs) it was the coolest moment of my life I'm pretty sure Ashley and I freaked out so thank you for making our entire year because that was like so cool to have someone listen to us and be in the same area as us and it was so cool to meet her yeah it was really cool we we were literally I think my mouth like hit the ground because I was like what yeah like, someone realized that we're from the podcast so it was really cool yeah really so if you ever cool. see us say hi say take hi. a picture with us we <laughs> love to meet you guys of course you know this in the dms we want to get to know people and it just helps our community grow and if you were to ever move somewhere, then you might know somebody through our community. And that's kind of our hope is that you'll continue to build relationships so that if you move to another place or when you move to another place, you'll have somebody there that you might already know through our podcast. Yeah, it's super neat. And this episode that y'all are about to listen to is something super special because it's a topic, well, one, that Brittany and I could not even begin to talk about on our own. (laughs) So (laughs) (laughs) we brought in a special guest and she talks about all exercise, postpartum, prenatal, all the things. And um, you'll probably get a giggle or two about some of the things I tried to pronounce in the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're very uneducated in that department because obviously we've never had children, but her name is Becca Donatel and she is a coach's wife. Her husband coaches for the, I almost said San Diego Chargers, (laughs) Los Angeles Chargers. Um, Still haven't gotten used to that quite yet, even though they're in my neck of the woods. And so she talks about fitness and all the things with postpartum and prenatal 
And really, we just kind of sat back and let her talk because we have no idea. But we did ask your question. So if you did send in a question, make sure you listen all the way through because I think we got to all of them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if we didn't, we also included her information so you can reach out to her directly. But we really hope you guys enjoy this episode and we will see you on the other side. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. We are so excited. We have a topic to, you know, introduce our interview and just really dive in. Usually we talk about journeys, which we love talking about that. But this one, we decided to kind of change it up a little bit. Yeah, we're excited for this new series. We're going to be diving into different topics that you guys have suggested. And we'll go ahead and get started with our first one. Hi, guys. My name is Becca Donatelle, and I am a prenatal postnatal fitness specialist. What that means is that I get to help pregnant women exercise safely during their pregnancy and then into the postpartum phase when you're trying to rebuild your core after things have been stretched out in this place for the last nine months and help you work towards a more functional, stable, strong, able body. So I currently live in California. My husband is a football coach. So as you girls know, we kind of move all over the country. But we're currently in California. He's with the Chargers right now, working with the safeties. We have three little boys. Their names are Drake. He's three. Jack is two. And Bennett is seven months. So we're very busy. Yes. <laughs> uh, prior to being a prenatal postnatal fitness specialist, I was a teacher for six years. And then before that, I uh, represented the state of Iowa and was with Iowa for the year. And that is where I am originally from is Iowa. So I'm from California. So I'm excited that y'all are there. And I actually went to school in Iowa. So we kind of did a flip flop, I feel like. (laughs) Oh my gosh. What school did you go to? I went to uh, William Penn University, small, small town in Oskaloosa, Iowa. Okay. (laughs) I know where Oskaloosa is. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) How did you even get started in prenatal and postnatal fitness and all of that since you were a teacher it's kind of a completely different path so how did you get started in that yeah so I decided to stop teaching I love teaching I'm very passionate about it but kind of with my own experiences with pregnancy I wanted to stop teaching and really focus on you know raising my kids and all that but I've been an athlete my whole life and kind of used exercise as a as an outlet for myself and when I became pregnant I didn't know what was acceptable I didn't know where to start I was terrified. I actually, we had a miscarriage before my first. So I was terrified of losing the baby and doing something wrong. And so I kind of just stopped and didn't exercise. And it was my my worst pregnancy. I was an emotional wreck. I got preeclampsia and um, had a really tough time in the postpartum phase. So fast forward to my third pregnancy. I was like, I'm not doing that again. And I am going to get educated and get certified to help not only myself, but other women know what is acceptable and what's appropriate for when you are pregnant. I think there's this misconception that when you're pregnant, you have to take it easy and you know, you can't do what you, you did previously, but that's just, it's just not the case. So I felt like it was important for not only myself to have that outlet and to continue what I was doing, but also get educated to share with other women so that 
we all can stay healthy and be the best versions of ourselves. Yeah. We don't have any kids, so we haven't gone through like any of those phases yet. But when we hear about, you know, you find out, okay, yay, I'm pregnant. You go to the doctor. Like, do you feel that it's the lack of education of knowing if you can exercise or not? Is it based on just like not knowing the right questions to ask? Or like, how do you get to that point? Like in, in the beginning, after you had your miscarriage, and then you were like, okay, I need to be very careful. Was that because of a fear that you personally had? Or did someone tell you? hey, like, take it easy? Well, I think, you know, it was a few things. Once I had that miscarriage, you know, people who, I don't want to say this rudely, but like uneducated in this mm-hmm. field were like, well, maybe you're, you know, you're exercising too much. Maybe you should take it easy. But that's, that's not actually the case. There is no correlation between miscarriage and exercise, moderate exercise. You can obviously overdo it with high intensity cardio every day. And that's not going to be healthy for you or your child, Mm -hmm. but there is no correlation between miscarriage and exercise. When you go to the doctor and you sit and you, and you're pregnant and they kind of walk you through like what you can and cannot do. Exercise is not something they cover because they're more focused on the medical side, which is great, which you want them to be, Mm -hmm. but they say, you know, try to get in your moderate, your moderate to low intensity activity. And then you're kind of on your way. So you kind of have to figure it out on your own, you know? So I felt like I was constantly Googling and Pinteresting pregnancy safe workouts and it just became super overwhelming. And I just wanted to learn for myself and, and move forward that way. Yeah. I feel like from all of my friends that have kids and people that I've talked to, like, I, I think it's such a weird misconception that nobody knows Nobody knows about pregnancy until you go through it, I think. And it's become more common lately for people to talk about these things. Like, I had no idea your abs moved to the side of your body for you to grow a baby. Like, those kind of crazy things that it's like no one talked about, right? Like, it's more common now. And I think a lot of people do think, you know, miscarriage. They think, oh, well, I just... I overworked my body and I did too much and it's my fault and you know they it's blame it not. on themselves and so yeah. we had someone that actually wrote in they um they had a miscarriage last year and are trying to have a baby uh-huh. this year and in between that that wait period like that two-week period where you're like okay we could be pregnant what are some pregnancy safe workouts that they can do because they want to keep moving but they're nervous like we've talked about they're nervous that they're going to do something to harm the potential baby Yes, totally. You know, in the first trimester, you don't have to make any modifications physically. You really just have to start modifying when you start showing, when your organs start shifting. (laughs) So first trimester, you can continue as you did pre-pregnancy. It's really a personal choice. If you're nauseous and you're, you know, just not feeling up to it, then then obviously you need to listen to your body. And like you said, the two-week wait period, when you go to the doctor, they're going to tell you, you have an uncomplicated pregnancy, you know, adios. But if you do have a complicated pregnancy, then, you know, you might have a different route and you can ask those questions there. But for the most part, if you're in the first trimester, you haven't gone to the doctor yet, you can continue as you did before you were pregnant. That's good to know. Yeah. I feel like this is so educational even for <laughs> for me personally, because I just, <laughs> you don't learn any of these things. And we had a couple people send in about um, DR and what to do when... Will you explain what it is to to the people that might not know? (laughs) Yeah. Yes, totally. So diaphagus recti or DR, as you were saying, you know, when you you get pregnant, your diaphagus recti, your rectus abdominis muscles, those two in the the front, your six-pack muscle, they actually move to the side to allow your belly to grow. 
So after you deliver your baby, we just expect everything to go back, <laughs> but it, it doesn't, it takes a lot of time. So a little bit of separation in those abs is normal, but when you have an abnormal separation where they don't come all the way back together and abnormal being one inch or larger or two fingers, if it's larger than that, then that would be considered diacetous recti. So there's lots of things that you can do for diacetous recti. And one of them, and I'm sure we'll get into this later, is really learning how to properly engage your core. So it seems so trivial. Oh, you have to engage your core, but it's not like that. So we have an inner core and we have an outer core. So when you are pregnant, if you want to continue exercising, you should learn how to properly engage your inner core, which is your pelvic floor and your transverse abdominis, that corset muscle that holds you in. And your pelvic floor is the muscle that is your most internal muscle. It's from the front of your pubic bone to the base of your spine, like a hammock. And it holds all your internal organs as well as your uterus. So when your baby's growing, it just like puts all this pressure and all this weight on this pelvic floor. So after your, you deliver, you know, which is also super traumatic on your pelvic floor, we need to learn how to strengthen this muscle and strengthen your TDA to bring that your abdominals back together. So among many other benefits of learning how to properly engage your core, one of them is to bring those abdominals back together so that your, your core can function as it did before you had a child. Okay. Well, I'm glad you just explained that. Cause I butchered asking that question. I was like, I don't even know what I was like. So I'm glad <laughs> <the> I, <laughs> I was like, I need a science lesson. Somebody please help me. So that's good. I, no, I hope I answered that question. You did. Uh, no, you did. You definitely I, okay. did. Oh yeah. You totally okay. covered my, whatever I just tried to ask. <laughs> so that was great. <laughs> so, so typically I guess when, when women have DR, how long does it take to get back to quote unquote normal or what we consider normal after pregnancy? Yeah. So some women, it goes back together pretty quickly. I would say, you know, a few months, but others, it takes, it takes a lot longer than that. And, and sometimes you can't fix diastasis recti with these pelvic floor properly engaging your core exercises, but those are definitely going to help. And if you're still experiencing, you know, back pain or urinary incontinence, which means peeing your pants after you've had a baby, which is not a normal mom problem, which a lot of women think it is. It's a sign of pelvic floor dysfunction. So doing those pelvic floor exercises is just so critical to, you know, not getting all these other problems on top of being a new mom. So going back to what you asked, it can take weeks, it can take months. It kind of depends on a lot of factors if you exercise during your pregnancy. So you already, you're not starting from scratch, you know, you kind of already have some strength in that core. And if, if you're older, if you have, this isn't your first pregnancy, you know, the more times they come apart and get stretched out, obviously it's going to be a little harder each time to get them back together. And genetics, it can take weeks, it can take months, but if you're doing these pelvic floor exercises consistently and then having a healthy exercise routine, whether that means you're swimming or you're doing yoga or you're strength training or you're running, working your whole body to help stabilize that core, then if those things aren't working, then you could go and see a pelvic floor therapist and they're going to, they're really going to help you. So. so interesting. Is there anything that you recommend doing like when you are pregnant besides obviously strengthening your core, but what types of workouts do you recommend people do 
after that first trimester, so after they can kind of basically do everything, what's some things that they can do to keep it from, I guess, being a little bit easier to get back to your normal body after you have your baby? Yeah, so obviously I love to lift, and so I always push toward that because I think it's just so important for, you know, strengthening your whole body. But really anything, when you are pregnant, you are exhausted, you are overwhelmed, there's so many hormones. So really just finding something that you enjoy an exercise that you can do every day that you enjoy. And it doesn't have to be crazy. It's like 20 to 30 minutes of getting your heart rate up and staying active and then doing that core work. And in your second trimester, there are some modifications. You can't do planks or, you know, crunches, push-ups, that type of thing. Anything that's going to cause your abdomen to cone or bulge means that it is just too much pressure for your abdominals now to handle. So that is when it's not safe to continue to try to do planks because the coning means that you're essentially just moving apart your abs separation even further. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So yeah, so really learning how to engage it before you do an exercise is going to help prevent this abnormal ab separation. I would have never thought about that, not being able to do a plank. I don't know. I just would never think yeah. that. I, mean, I feel like I always see people in like workout classes, like they always give modifications for people that are pregnant, but you never realize what those modifications mean if you're not pregnant at the time. You know, like you're kind of exactly. just watching them yeah. like, oh, okay, that looks good. Like you don't know what they yeah. can't do, I guess. My first pregnancy, I didn't know any of this. So I was doing like, you know, planks and push-ups and And I saw my stomach doing that, but I just had no idea what that meant, you know? And so here I am thinking I'm like, good for me. I'm working out (laughs) when really I'm like being so detrimental to myself. Is there, um, from your um, education, like they tell you to stick to like a target heart rate that in each trimester that you kind of try to stick in between that range? Because I know like for me, I don't know if it's just because I'm like a hot mess when I'm running, but I am always, my heart rate is skyrocketing every time I run. But I know that when you're pregnant, like you obviously can't go, you know, do sprints and things like that. So is there like a range that you suggest? Yeah. So actually, whatever you did pre-pregnancy, you can continue doing into pregnancy as long as it is comfortable for you. So if that means that your heart rate gets above 140, then it's above 140. They can't put a hard rule on it because every woman is so different and our endurance is different. Our athletic ability is different. So what's hard for me might not be hard for you. So I don't know how many years ago it was, they said, don't, (laughs) don't go above the 140 beats per minute heart rate if you are pregnant, but they've recanted that. And they say, as long as you can talk through your workout with full sentences, not gasping for air, then you are okay. So that means that you're getting enough oxygen, your baby's getting enough oxygen, and that's that's a good rule of thumb to follow. The talk test is what it's called. Man, I can barely do that without a baby. <laughs> like talking full <laughs> sentences <laughs> through my workout. Maybe I need to rethink what I'm doing. Yeah, you might not be doing the right <laughs> exercise. <laughs> you might be going a little too hard there. So is there anything that you recommend, like a pre-workout supplement or something that's safe during pregnancy or even postpartum? Is there a supplement that you use or maybe that you recommend to people? Yeah. So I use a pre-workout. It is from a all natural green tea leaf. It's from Beachbody, but I didn't use it when I was pregnant. I know some women who do use it while they're pregnant. That is totally a question for your OB. Mm -hmm. I, I just chose not to use it when I was pregnant 
because I like coffee. Yes. <laughs> so you can, so, you know, you're obviously only supposed to have one cup of coffee a day, 200 milligrams. So I chose coffee over pre-workout. Yeah. I'd be right there with you. I said that too. I'm like, I can't. yeah, <laughs> like a pregnant coffee is not going anywhere. So I get that. <laughs> yeah. So I would, I would just ask your doctor and if it's okay during pregnancy, then it's probably okay in the postpartum period. That makes sense. Is there any um, workouts that you recommend for like during pregnancy for hip openers? Yeah, I think just a full full body, not only focusing on your core, but you know, doing a full body workout is going to be the most beneficial. Stretching is super important, but you have to be careful when you're pregnant because your ligaments, there's this hormone that that's produced when you become pregnant called relaxin, and it allows your ligaments to stretch farther than they would so that your hips can move and your you can give birth. <laughs> so you just have to have to be careful that you're not overstretching. But you know, stretching after every workout is very important when you're pregnant or not pregnant. So is there anything with C sections that you can do postpartum? See, I I personally have never had a C section. So I can't speak from experience. But what I do know is that you know, the recovery period for a C section is much longer than uh, uncomplicated vaginal delivery. So Typically, you can return to exercise after you've had an uncomplicated vaginal delivery four to six weeks with your doctor's approval. And C-sections are six to eight weeks. But uh, going to that follow-up postpartum appointment is going to be super important so they can check for, you know, infection and just to make make sure things are healing properly. After your scar is healed, you can jump into a normal postpartum recovery starting with the most important part, which would be your core, and then moving on to progressing in your exercise routine. So what do you think is the biggest misconception about postpartum or postpartum workouts? What do you think that people go in thinking they know, but they maybe don't know, and it's a completely different reality once they've had their baby? I mean, for me, I think the emotional aspect of it, you know, you you go nine months and you're so excited for your baby and then they're finally there and it is like such a life change. It is, it is a huge shocker. You know, you're not sleeping. Your body is just hurt because you just delivered a child or you've had a C-section and then your milk comes in and that is like painful in itself. <laughs> I think it's just like, you think it's going to be all rainbows and sunshine, which it is like having a child is, is such a blessing and it is the, the best thing that's ever happened to me. But it is a big shock thinking that you're going to love every second of it. And it's okay to not love every second of it. <laughs> it is normal to cry and say, this is hard. And, you know, I just think that that's something that women don't talk about enough is postpartum. And how hard it how hard it really is, and how you don't feel like yourself, and your body doesn't go back to normal right away, and and it is an emotional roller coaster. And I'm and I'm sounding like a Debbie Downey right, Downer right now, but I think that you know everyone needs to know what what happens in the postpartum period, and it's important to remember that it is just a phase, and you you know you will start feeling like yourself, and your body does go back, and your baby does start to sleep. <laughs> Do you feel that with just like overall self-image and confidence, like when you were working out 
all the way up to having your baby like it almost gave yourself like a mental check to give yourself more grace after you've had your baby because I feel like if I put in all the work you know and did the right things and exercised and tried to do everything perfect and you know work really hard and then after you had your baby you're like wow my body is not you know what I thought I feel like a lot of women they have a really hard time seeing themselves in that condition because they knew what they looked like prior and so do you feel like working out pre and post it kind of just helped that with that mental challenge of self-image yeah you know I think that exercise you have to look at it in both ways that it is going to help you physically but it really helps you mentally so for me that's what exercise does for me it is an outlet for my stress it makes me happy I feel accomplished I'm more patient with my kids I have more energy I sleep better all the things so I feel like when you go into prenatal exercise and postpartum exercise having that mindset that you know this is for my mental health this is my 30 minutes it is not my kids 30 minutes I mean my boys know that I explain to them, these 30 minutes are mommy's 30 minutes. I give you all my other minutes. (laughs) So you have to play for these 30 minutes and not talk to me. (laughs) So, you know, and when you go into exercise as an outlet and as, you know, something that you're doing for your mental health, the physical benefits are going to come. It just, you know, nothing happens overnight and it does take a lot of time and it takes a lot of grace, but but you can do it. <laughs> yeah, I want to add one thing, though. So a lot of our listeners, they um, work and are full-time moms. Um, and so the time is always the question is like, how do you find the time at the end of the day when you are working a full-time job and you have a kiddos that you're, you know, taking care of and you just had a baby and you're trying to figure it all out. <laughs> so do you have yeah. like a mindset or some type of I don't know if it's like a schedule or something that you found works best. Yeah, yeah. So I think that, you know, I've tried a lot of different different routes. I've tried to wake up before my kids. I did work full time with my first. So after work, I tried. But now that I am home with my kids, I really just try to do it either at their nap time or with them. I think it's good to exercise in front of your kids, you know, to show them that, you know, I'm putting my health first or this is something that makes me happy and that that I'm passionate about. So I'm going to do that and be a role model for them in that way. And you know, it doesn't always have to look like I'm doing a strength training routine. It it can be, Hey, we're going to the park, get your bike. (laughs) I'll push the stroller, you know, which is what I do a lot of times. My two older ones, my three-year-old and two-year-old ride their bikes behind me and I run in the jogging stroller. We run to the park. Everyone's happy. So I think really just, it just prioritizing that time for yourself and knowing how good it is for you mentally how good it is for you physically and you know what you're teaching your kids yeah that's great advice I feel like we as women need to do that more we need to take time for ourselves and self-care even pregnant not pregnant whatever you have to take time that time for yourself that you need whatever it is and however you can take that so I like that advice with people that are going through like fertility or IVF or anything like that I know that a lot of our followers are actually going through that which was which was really surprising again I feel like that's a topic that isn't talked about enough but yeah they were saying that you know you it's hard with all the medicines and stuff you are gaining a lot of weight so what are what are some tips that you can give them for working out or helping to keep off that excess weight from the medications? Yeah, you know, that is a really great question. I didn't learn a lot about 
IBS. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> but I would always consult your doctor and say, you know, this this medication is making me feel this way. It's making me gain weight. What are things that I can do that are safe for me to do? I think walking is always going to be an option. Mm-hmm. Light walks. I know, you know, with some of that stuff, your your ovaries swell and and it has to be super uncomfortable. So I I really don't have a lot of guidance in that area, but I'm definitely going to look into it now that you said that. <laughs> no, that's okay. We appreciate that. I mean, I think honestly, walking no matter what is a good start at least, and then kind of go from there once your doctor gives yeah. you yeah. on what to do. Yeah. No, that's good. And I, I want to ask just a random out there question. Is it Was it harder for you to go from one to two kids or two to three? Um, definitely two to three. <laughs> you know what? I felt like the, having one kid was actually the hardest for me mm-hmm. because it was such a life change. I didn't know about anything postpartum. I thought everything was going to be hunky-dory all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just like, it was such a life change that it was really hard for me. And I wasn't exercising. So I had some postpartum depression. And then when adding Jack, my second, it was kind of like I was already doing it. So it was fine. He kind of just joined the party, you know, they're only 16 months apart. So it was like, I had two. they were like twins, you know, but then going from two to three, that was, that was a game changer as well. But I definitely think having your first kid is the biggest transition. We've heard that a lot, actually, I feel like from a lot of people in the sports industry and out of the sports industry, like going yeah. from zero to one is the hardest transition because your life completely it is, changes. It is. Yes. And you have so many questions and you're just unsure about it. But yeah, after that, you kind of know what to do and you're confident in your mom abilities. And yeah, three under three, you've got superwoman powers. That is awesome. <laughs> no, 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 no. I just think it's prioritizing your time. (laughs) Yes, that's true. That's true. (laughs) If you could tell somebody just starting out maybe in the mom journey or in the sports journey, one thing that you've learned now being a little bit more seasoned as a fitness coach and all that, what would you tell them? Well, I think if you are a coach's wife, I really relate to that quote, bloom where you are planted. I think it's just so relatable for us that, you know, we don't get to choose where we live, but we do get to choose our attitude and how we look at things. Mm-hmm. And I think when you move around, you need to not only think of it as an opportunity for your husband to grow, but for you to grow, you know, a new opportunity for you and just look at everything as an opportunity and, and kind of shift your perspective. That's really helped me, you know, when we move to a new place, I think, oh, okay, what can I do here? What friends can I make here? what opportunities are here. And once you start having kids, I think that's even more important because they look at you and how you react to all these moves. And I don't have school-age children right now, but I can only imagine, you know, when you pull them out of school to move somewhere that they're going to look at you and how, and how you handle each move. And Mm -hmm. so if you go into it with the attitude and the, in the perspective that this is an opportunity for all of us, you know, this is going to be so fun to, to find new friends and experience new places and new ways of life. I think that's really important. And also giving yourself grace that we are not superheroes. And, you know, even when you are a mom, you're expected to do all the things, but you can't do all the things. (laughs) So you need to, you need to get help when you need help. You know, if that means that you put your kids in a preschool a couple times a week, or if that means that you get a sitter once a week, then you need to do it because if mom's not happy, then nobody's happy. So um, I think you need to, you know, prioritize 
that that type of thing, you know, self time for yourself and getting help when you need it, giving yourself lots of grace, prioritizing your time. Yeah, that's great advice. And if people want to find you on Instagram and maybe learn and see some of your workouts and things like that, where can they find you? So on Instagram, I am at Becca Donatel. And then I also have a website that is Becca Donatel Fitness. And that is where you can find my prenatal workout program. Awesome. Yes. Thank you um, for coming on here and doing this interview. We appreciate it. And I know that all of our listeners are dying to hear the answers. And if they have any other questions, we will send them your way. Oh, I would absolutely love that. I'm always available to help. And uh, thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you so much. And thank you for everyone listening. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on More Than a Season Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at More Than a Season Podcast for the latest updates. If you enjoyed this episode, please download, subscribe, or leave us a review on your choice of platform. See you next time.